It's loud as hell, Chris. It is? Is it loud? Is it loud? It's really loud. It shouldn't be that loud. Well, you're just extra excited because Taz is here. So. I know, I know. I, yeah, we there rolling. we go. So, <laughs> good, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is for you. My name is Tom Paul Douglas. Welcome to Calm Down. We're just talking to you. We're usually joined by Queen Akina, but she is somehow been she's caught prepping. up in some sort of trial for uh, R. Kelly again, though. No. I'm kidding. She's, <laughs> she's, she's happily married and pregnant. Anyway, she's, she's missing today. And so is Marcus Christopher, and I'm always joined by... CT, CT yeah. King of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And we have a very special guest today. Oh, man. Dangerous. Back in the day. Oh, my God. And current. I mean, just. And I'm just, the, I'm literally just the middleman in this just, like, <laughs> superpowers being combined right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Anderson, a.k.a. Taz Daddy. Thank you, yes, sir. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show. I've been dying to do this show. I've been so jealous. Like, you guys have just been rolling without me. Keith Bullock been on the show. <laughs> I'm going to fly down there. I'm taking over this goddamn show. It's not going to happen. John having all this fun without me. I was hoping Keenan was going to be here so I can cuss her out. Uh-oh. Please, no, no don't. No, I'm not going to cuss her out. But I got to make this very, very clear. I'm a very, very happily married man. And sometimes attractive women feel as though everybody wants them, and they really don't. So... When people follow me on Instagram, like me and Gary Vee had this conversation all the time. When people follow you, it's nice to just shoot them a quick note like, hey, how are you? Right, what right. made you follow me? Huh? So I said, hey, how are you? Thanks for the follow. What made you follow me? And then she unfollowed me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, have you seen my wife? <laughs> Chick, like, I don't, Ooh, I don't want you. I don't, oh, every, wow. every dude don't want you, boo-boo. I just want to make that clear. Kena, that's our people. But, they be uh, after yeah. her, though, man. They be Kena's after blocked Kena. me before, so you know. They be after her. She, <laughs> she, she, be, she, she, you know, like a six-shoot. Yeah, she is Kena a shooter. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> but my whole thing is this. I get it. Like, you know, I know I talk about business a lot now, and so I expect people to ask me for business tips. So right, right. if you're out there and you've got, like, everything's workout clothes and tight gear, not now because you're pregnant, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, you're going to expect that people are going to try and shoot their shot. Like, Oh, they yeah, she be get she be telling us, man. Them dudes be shooting them. Hey. Kino, we love you. <laughs> no, I mean it's no beef. I just, just want to know why I got unfollowed. So I'm I'm married. I don't want you. Just... Oh, she'll she'll be following real soon. <laughs> I'm sure. So she can DM me talking about. First off, <laughs> oh, yeah. let me tell you something. Oh yeah, she got oh, she got she got started. I got a website called <laughs> IWantAllTheSmoke.com. <laughs> Well, the business bully is officially here. Yes. Yeah, man. Yes. He just came off a big weekend, too. Yeah, man. BullyCon weekend was incredible, bro. Tell like, us about BullyCon. Yes. Oh, BullyCon is an acronym. It actually stands for Black Unapologetically Living and Loving Yourself, Controlling Our Narrative. Man. And I wanted to have a safe Boom. space for entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs to be, because you know what happens. Every time black folks try to get together and make some money, here come the others. They start, What's what are those Negroes doing? The corporations. What are they doing over there? It's, are oh, they renting out two ballrooms? Standing oh room only? There's a DJ? <laughs> Looks like people are taking notes and pulling out laptops. Oh, we need to break this shit up. Wormser, <laughs> let's go. Let's ride. <laughs> so I wanted to literally have a place where folks can go. Literally is like my word right now because people don't believe water's wet, so everything's literal. And um, we had a, a, a pitch contest. So $15,000 pitch contest. Also a trip to Thailand and a year in my uh, inner circle, my 1% inner circle. Uh, which has grossed $27 million last year. We're on track to do $54 million this year. And, you know, I'm just happy to actually put entrepreneurship in a in a package that you can respect. And it's a nice package <laughs> that you can respect. But you had an all-star, you had an all-star group of people, yeah. panelists and people that you celebrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had Chuck Creemore, uh, founder of All Hip Hop. When I retired from radio, Chuck gave me a job. I said, save your money. 
Mm. Just give me the title and give me an opportunity. And he did, and I became the business editor of allhiphop.com. We're actually getting ready to do some cool stuff with All Hip Hop again, which is I'm extremely excited about. We yeah. had uh, Reza Islam, who is arguably going to be, and I hate to use the term the next whatever, but if there is someone who is probably going to be next in line for leadership, I would imagine it would be him because he's dynamic, he's young, yeah. he gets it, and he's actually in the streets doing the work. You know what I'm saying? The Bloods love him, the Crips love him. You know, everybody loves him. He's from Compton. He lives in Compton. He just brings a completely different energy. Uh, Derek Grace, who has in-home banking, and he went viral for teaching his kids how to, uh, you know, put together a gun blindfolded. You know, oh, and okay, he had, okay, yeah, yeah. so you know, all tatted up. You know, yeah. don't judge the book by its cover, but the man is making money. Hundred fifty dollars of uh, board game, and he's got a PS4 game, an Xbox One game, and a computer game coming. Good lord, good lord, man. Yeah, you don't see that. But you know what? We don't like to talk about risk. No. You know, we don't want to. We want to play it safe all the time. Find something to fall back on. Like I dump ninety percent of the money that the company earns back into the business, right? And I live off ten percent like a preacher. <laughs> you know, but you know, wow. support. so we had all of that, and then uh, you know, ninety six percent of my clients are women. So ninety six percent of my staff are women. So my staff was up there. My clients were up there. Uh, you got Kelly Thomas, who has one of the largest lingerie brands online. Fifty three Victoria's Secret stores closed because of her. Oh man! You know, um, we've got Sabrina Kane. Um, you know, uh, Tall Paul's new crush. Uh, <laughs> so if you imagine, imagine, hey imagine, hey Whit- imagine a Whitley Gilbert with a whole lot more street sense. We call her Fed Time Barbie because she'll cut For you. Rim? Yeah, like I'll, I'll show you. I'm yeah, I mean, but she's like, like Paul's like, uh, can I be your assistant? <laughs> and I, can I hold just you to be close to you? You know yeah. what? I'm so upset at you right now. Oh. But um. You know, she's really, really dope. She's got five kids, but she don't look like she's had one. Mm. And she's literally saving mom. She's she does jewelry, all this kind of oh, really wait, dope wait, stuff. Wait, wait, wait. The one in the middle. I the one in the middle. Yo, step daddy. Wow, she's beautiful. Bruh. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's how you get them, bro. Cause at, at the end of the day, you know, people want to have something to aspire to. So right. she's like, you know, my business Beyonce. Like she's I'm... about that life. You know, you got Lanisha Holland, who is really more like Sabrina, but she's more holistic. She does, like, morning meditation, and she does stretching in the morning on Facebook Live. It's very popular. I've been known to be holistic. <laughs> you've been, no, you've like been known to be. Like, not whole apostrophe holistic. Not the whole apostrophe Listen. Aren't you the one that named me Mutt the Slut? Mutt the Slut, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm I proud really of that did. name. So, for those that don't know, <laughs> when I started in radio, I used to walk into the studio, which tomorrow night, uh, CT, you'll be happy that... <laughs> That's back. So you can watch that. I used to walk into the studio, scared shitless. Uh, CT would be on the boards. Ernie Allen would be right in my ear. All right, we're going to do this real quick. He's supposed to be here right now, but we'll see. Whatever. He might pop in <laughs> with his, with his house shoes hanging off his feet and his belt not done. Yep, like oh, like man, a pop pop. Let's go. <laughs> Somebody I, uncle. So I walked in, and this would be the scene. And then Ernie Allen couldn't pronounce my last name, so that's why my middle name became my last name. But anyway, yeah. in the other studio, there was this gentleman huh. by the name of Taz. DJ Taz <laughs> from the beginning, but um, then Taz Daddy came along. Yes. And a whole lot of antics came oh, after that. Um, just real quickly, um, for me, <laughs> my yeah. first introduction was walking upstairs into his office <laughs> and him sitting me down and saying, you know what, Mutt? 85% of women are hookers. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's true. And I was just sitting there in awe. It's like, oh my god! He just like, <laughs> did he say? That? I'm still trying to, you know, get shows, and like, he just changed my whole perspective. Like, what do you mean, 85? That's a lot. 
All right, so let me put this in context. One, I was like 24 years old. Two, my per- my point in saying that is when it comes to relationships, I'll never forget, Joseph Warren Walker III Ooh. of Mount Zion Baptist Church famously said to me. Club Zion? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. I, I used to have VIP seating thanks to Buddy Lee at, at Mount Zion. <laughs> you know, all of me, it was literally like me, Steve McNair, Eddie George, but okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm dating myself. So he, he would say that, you know, men would, you know, men are always going for the physical. And women are always going for the transactional, you know, so financially women are trained. I mean, use what you got to get what you want, you know, flirt, feminine wiles, all those things end up talking about transactional. So I was in my 23, 24 year old way saying that that's what it is. I don't, you know, like I respect women. Women are my business. Don't hold a 41-year-old man to the terms you of the You live in a house full of women. <laughs> I live in a house full of women. Just right a memory. Now. He is not that way anymore. But no, I have, a, I have a 20-year-old daughter, for Christ's sake. So yeah. Somebody said that, I punched him dead in his mouth. Right. But Pro I was much. speaking strategically from that particular argument. Because the truth of the matter is, Mutt was loving him. Yeah. Was like, Mutt was falling in love every day. You know? Because light bro- light-skinned brothers was in? Light-skinned brothers. And he had the curly hair because, you know, he mixed. So. And then he tall. Had the tall. Bo- had the pipes. Had the pipes. Had the pipes. Hello, yeah. my love. That was like every day. I'm yeah. like, I'm in love again. Like, you every can't be day. in love this many times, man. I had to catch myself. Like, yeah, man. Like, calm down. Yeah. Taking them to dinner. Like, we're not doing this. Yeah, that's why we're doing a calm down show now. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think people should know also his track record. In regards of radio and other things, he's yes, accomplished. Yes, we were slowly working that way. Because we can't, and... we can't. Before we get into that, we have to get into you two's oh, this, this magical oh, collaboration. We broke that literally every not, FCC law ever. If if we did, how did you get away with? Well, I don't know. Nobody paid us any attention. They I did don't know. parodies and songs together, folks. That honestly, I believe only CT might still. I know you still have I some. Have, I have at least ten of the parodies. He had a character mm. named Shantae. We did episodes. <laughs> how you doing? Now don't don't. I, you know what we gonna say? How you doing? You know why? Because he said it first. Pretty much. <laughs> Ain't no damn allegedly. Damn and allegedly. <laughs> David Anderson says that he was the first one I'd ever heard. Yeah, Ever. Exactly. Even when What's Her Name was on other radio shows going, how you doing? How you doing? If we did that character, we would be not only fired. Oh, my gosh. The beehive would, would kill us. us. Yeah. I'm glad, glad the LGBTQ Q-I-A. community would string us up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yes. No, we got so. Guido. I did, a, I did a character named Guido that hated oh. black people. Oh, that was the best. Oh, he called black people eggplants. You fucking moolies. You spick thick moolies. And that was before the boondocks. Dude. Yeah, yeah we broke. Yeah. Man, I don't understand how we got away with that. No, how do we get away with Bear in the Big Blue Whorehouse? Man, we sure <laughs> did do Bear in the Big Blue Whorehouse. I no, could... remember when you did Elmo, Excuse Me? Oh, yeah, that was We did yeah. Excuse Me, Jay-Z's Excuse Me Yo, because he was trying Elmo. to push up on Maria. Yeah. Because Maria was thick. <laughs> it felt weird, but it was really funny. It was great. What are you talking about? Either our, either our parodies was about taking a dump or winning. <laughs> yeah, and food. Yeah, and food. Yeah. And being fat. No, but yeah. just just to clarify, the actual Shantae character came from a guy named D. Lee, who was my mentor. And when I came down south, I was like, well, D ain't using it no more, so how you doing? Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And I ran with it, but D. Lee actually created that character. We did a show with Wendy, and that's where that came from when uh, I was producing Wendy. But yeah, Wendy uh, did so. not invent that uh, did, and did not invent that phrase. Yeah. You know? So, we, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, Man, I, I've been around. We got away with murder. It was, yeah. it was very... Uh, yeah. Ahead of its time slash. Man, we couldn't do it now because people yeah. are 
Bro, do you remember? Damn, I, you remember, remember when I almost got fired? Man, the first time. Which time? Which time? Which time? Which time? So this girl had called up and she said, "I will suck your dick if you give me fifty cent tickets." <laughs> I said, little girl. Now, she was grown, but I called her a little girl because that's how she was acting. Because only a little girl would be that said, crass. I was like, you know that's some whole shit, right? And I, I bleeped <laughs> it out, but I was like, you know that's some whole shit, right? Little girl, get off my phone. Click. Next thing you know, Blazer1067. Yeah, you uh, you calling little girl's house? No, I called a girl acting like a little girl a hoe. That's the difference. <laughs> so the next day, the boss comes in, and he's like, get Taz in here right now. <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know, we got 1,500 calls, and you, you said hoe, and you called a little girl a hoe. I said, that's not what happened. Well, I could go run the, t- run the tape. So he runs the tape, and then DC was just like, listen, DC um, was uh, programming 92Q in Nashville at the time. And DC came, comes by, and he's just standing in the doorway. He leans up against the door, wearing his sweats, and he's like, Daryl. <laughs> Shout can out to DC. That was. Can I ask you a question? And Daryl goes, what? What is it, DC? What? I'm, I'm trying to. Daryl's about to get out of here. Yeah, Daryl's always on a million. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, how many calls you say came in behind Taz? 1500 Connie sitting up here finger waves sweating out we don't know what to do shout out to Connie now and uh, he, he, DC says well seeing as though no one in this station's history has ever had 1500 calls call about anything uh, <laughs> you might want to keep him because the kid equals ratings tell him DC yeah sponsored by Chapstick by <laughs> Chapstick yo this man used more Chapstick and guava on his lips than LL Cool J you got some Carmex yo <laughs> Man, stay with it. Just, just whip man. it out anytime. Love just you, DC. Like, <laughs> it was like a superpower. But the man would not go anywhere missing chapstick, no. Carmex, or mm-hmm. whatever. No, man. He, he gives some of that energy to Malik Yoba. But man, <laughs> but no, Ew. man. Like I, I wanted to push the envelope because I was like, if I'm gonna be in country music city, I gotta make some noise. And then I met Chris, and I was like, oh, this son of a bitch is as crazy as I am. Yes. Oh man, yes, you were that was the most saying? creative. Creative time, my time in radio. The Two most peas fun in a pod, I man. Had they were when we worked together. They were so happy together, like just doing all of the work that they did, man. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. But let's go back yeah. before. Oh God, where you where where you're from? How you started? For those that don't know, because yeah. we know you. This oh is, yeah, this is a, this is a reunion, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for those of you who are not familiar with me, uh, I started my radio career at the age of nine. Um, I called into a talk show. Curly Neal from the Harlem Globetrotters was on there. He tells the producers, yo, you need to holler at that kid. That kid is great. He's got something. <laughs> and so they hired me the next day. I wasn't supposed to even have a phone or, or be talking on the air. So after the swelling, my ass went down. My mom would run me back and forth to the radio station. And I went off and, you know, I did TV, did a couple of things, this, that, and the other. I almost hosted Wild and Crazy Kids, but they gave it to Omar Gooding. Oh, wow. I mean, same tribe. And I'm like... I mean, like, okay, I think I could have done that role in Baby Boy, but I'm not better, I promise you. Um, you know, so I, you know, I, I grew up doing that, and then I went to college, and then they canceled the radio station there to students. They decided to flip it white and go, like, do jazz and shit. And so I went and I camped out at the president of the university's uh, office, and I'm like, look, I'm paying $10,000 a semester. What you ain't going to do is keep me off this radio, so you're either going <laughs> to let me build a radio station or you're going to get rid of all these white folks. <laughs> so they kept the white folks and they let me build a radio station, but that radio station now, WHIP, has had well over three, 4,000 people in the past 20 years come through it and actually be broadcasters mm. You know, because of that. Then I went and got a gig at Radio 1, started as an intern, was producing the morning show six months later, um, did that, got, you know, was on the Jenny Jones show for like America's favorite DJs. I'm like not even old enough to drink yet. Dang. 
and we get fired and we didn't get a goodbye show. But that next that that morning we did mornings. I went and did my finals. And then afternoons I was at I was at the iHeart station, which was Clear Channel at the time. Okay. You know, and that's how I hooked up with Wendy. Left Wendy. Wendy fired me. Um, not because I did anything wrong, but she was like, You want a shot. Like you got a fire in your belly and you're not gonna quench it and ain't nobody moving for you, kid. So I right, said so you had to go out and get it. She was like, Go out and get it. So I was <laughs> it's not gonna get no better than Wendy Williams. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. And my mom was like, Well, there's gotta be somebody you can call. So I called Russ Parr. And Russ oh. Parr said, Kid, I know you got a tape. Send me the tape. I said, Cool. I sent him the tape. He said, I like the tape. I love the tape. Give me a half an hour. Twenty minutes later, he said, You're going to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Hmm. So I, I go to Fayetteville. I, I rock out there. I had like a 47 share, which means 47% of anybody in Fayetteville, North Carolina, was listening to my black ass two to six. Hmm. And then Russ Parr came. So the guy <laughs> who was doing mornings got, you know, got bumped out and he was like, Oh, I've got to be on the air. So guess who left? The afternoon guy. Nah, of course. So I go to Jacksonville, North Carolina, set their asses on fire. And the next thing I know, I get this guy calling me in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for Taz. I'm like, this is Taz. He says, uh, my name's Daryl Johnson. I want you to come to Nashville. I was like, what the fuck are you talk about? Click. <laughs> so he called, me, I go to Nashville? he called me three times. I said, bro, like, either this is a prank or you're fucking dumb. Like, why the fuck would I? I'm a hip-hop DJ. What am I going to do in Nashville with, you know, country bumpkins? Like, you're trying to get me lynched or some shit? <laughs> he was like, look, I will fly you out. Just come out for the weekend. If you enjoy it, we'll do a deal. If not, you had a fun weekend on me. What's the harm? I said, fine. Book the, book the flight. I come here. His ass was so strategic. Daryl Johnson, love him for this, if nothing else. He took me around. He showed me around Fisk. He showed me all them co-eds at Tennessee State. Ah. You know what I'm saying? He pumped me up on, I think we went to Mama Lil's. Uh. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, like, I was like, oh, man, sign me up. And you going to pay me this much? Mm-hmm. So I came back with that contract to North Carolina because I, you know, and I was like, you got to compare. Gotta... I was like, y'all, uh, y'all gotta match this or yeah. beat it, and I'll stay. And they said, Taz, we can't do that. I said, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Nashville. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I came here. Um, they flipped the station like two years later. Mm-hmm. I left and uh, took over CBS Austin, became a programmer there. It was the only black thing in the building. Um, left Austin, got a deal at K104. Started taking over for the afternoon guy there because he wanted to pursue TV. And then he came back. The perceptual study came back. And they liked me when they liked him. So guess who left? There you go. So I went across the street because Doug Banks. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Doug Banks. Doug Banks. <laughs> from Danny McGuire. Yeah, Doug Banks and Danny right here. Um, Taz, they, uh, they want to hear your tape, Taz. So uh, go on over there. Tell them I sent you. So I went to, I went to Radio Danny 1. Danny McGuire. I forgot. She Shout also yeah, has a podcast with the company. We I love Didi McGuire. I love Didi. Didi is great. She's so tall. Yeah, Didi is Compass tall. Compass media. Very, very, very tall. And uh, <laughs> very tall. And um, <laughs> Doug got me to gig over at, uh, at Radio 1. And so they put me in production. So... I'm in production, and I'm like, well, what are you guys going to pay me? And they're like, oh, we'll pay you $15 an hour, but you can work as much as you want. So <laughs> you're going to put me in production, and you're going to give me my own studio, and I can work as much as I want? No oh, y'all about my to hate me at tax time, because oh, y'all paying yeah. me. My, my ex was like, I joker. don't see you. I'm like, well, yeah. guess what? I'm making this bread. I'm yeah, making yeah, more yeah. money now than I did with my K-104 contract. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, and after a while, I noticed that the producer was slipping. That producer, <laughs> he just he wasn't on his job. He was flying back and forth in Atlanta. I'm in Dallas, and I'm like... This dude is falling asleep on the ball. I'm like, does he not know I'm in the building? I said, it's on and crack it. So I went and I produced the best of show and I had Ricky record stuff. He didn't know what he was recording, but I put all that stuff together. I literally took me 18 hours to piece this thing together. And everybody from every market was like, yo, did y'all hear what Ricky Smiley did? Da, 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 da. Who, who produced that? Next thing you know, out with the old, in, in with, with my them. black ass. <laughs> You know, he shouldn't so, have been sleep. Hey man, look. <laughs> he shouldn't have been sleep. Shouldn't have been sleep. So they gave us they gave us 
three shitty markets. We had Dallas, then they gave us uh, Augusta and St. Louis. Augusta was getting sold off, and St. Louis didn't want us because they wanted a local show. Right. And we went in there, we rocked that shit, and then 30 markets later, it was like, okay, I'm going to start doing my own shit. So I had a book signing. We were out in Miami, closed Miami the whole nine, and then folks got a little hot. And then folks started saying some things they had no business saying, and I just... Uh, had to go? I was like, it's time to roll. Right. And so... Um, you know how radio is. Everybody's like, "Well, somebody's got Taz. Taz always get a job. Taz is Radio Tupac. Like, I get, I get fired <laughs> and get another job." But y'all forget. I hate that. I hate. I hate it when people call me Radio Tupac because I'm like, "Bitch, Tupac died." <laughs> so the last time I got shot, I was six months. I but he lived the first five shots. Right. <laughs> five shots couldn't get me. But you know, so I, uh, I I couldn't get unemployment. So my savings had run out. I had to give up one of my cars. My my downgrade my apartment. Uh, didn't work out with the ex. I wound up homeless. I remember when you left there to go to um, Philly. Yeah. 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 You, I remember that That was like the last time you stopped through here. Yeah, I came through. You let me put my stuff in your garage. I was homeless as hell. <laughs> homeless as hell. I came through to Nashville because I was like, I know I can get me a hot meal, a hot <laughs> woman, and a good time. <laughs> I was single You never know then. what someone's going through. Man. Hey, yeah. man, I, I had to smile, man. I, I couldn't do anything else, but I knew I was going to be safe being here in Nashville. And... Um, you know, I went to Clear Channel. I became the first director of social media, black or white, that company ever had. Before me, they were uh, social networking managers. <laughs> and so, you know, I was the guy that was running around. I took a flip cam and I would videotape every single interview. So when my good friend Charlemagne started Breakfast Club, they were like, oh, well, Seacrest Producer says do this and Seacrest Producer says do that. And I'm like, don't do that, bro. You'll fail. I said, mm -hmm. tape everything and make sure you got plenty of production, plenty of intros and outros and you know what I mean? Somebody took some advice because all you do is watch Breakfast Club tapes. You don't listen to Breakfast Club. You watch it. That's true. Very That's true. very true. Very so, true. Uh, after I that, I, re I retired and I started, you know, writing books and, um, you know, just building my brand and started helping businesses. And I, I really just wanted to talk to young people and their mamas just kept taking notes. So I was like, okay, well, if, if mama wants this work, I'm going to give mama this work. Right. You know, so that's that, man. So, you know, two kids later and, uh, you know, a whole lot of money. Yeah. God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to pause because part two is going to be insane real quick because we're going to get into more about Bully Con and everything going on with Dave Anderson and his take on Tony Starks. Oh, the Marvel nerdy moment that oh I'm going to go God. get a beer and let them talk. I'm going to need another <laughs> beer for that. <laughs> so make sure y'all check that out and we'll be right back.